When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British Royal history. Hi, friends. Happy Friday. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to today. I hope this greets you well wherever you are in the world. It's the end of the year. 2021's been a trying year for all of us. It's been a hard semester for me at school here, and I'm just happy to be here talking with all of you. Today's episode is actually quite a special episode, one that I was very excited to start working on, and it is our very first listener-recommended episode. In case you don't know, if you email into the podcast to recommend topics for future shows, or if you donate to the podcast, you then can recommend topics for future episodes, and your recommendation gets pushed to the front of the line. And we've had our first listener request... And today's episode, the donor is Carrie from Facebook. Carrie, thank you so much for your donation. It really warmed my heart this semester to be vulnerable for a moment. This semester's been really hard, and it's really done a number on my self-esteem, and your comments and your donation really warmed my heart, and I'm very grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And your topic for today is what we're going to talk about. You've seen the title for today. We are talking about renal names. Renal names for centuries was something that we didn't think too much about, we being the collective society. But now, in the last 200 years, they've become something of, ooh, what's going to happen? Are they going to change it? Are they going to pick something? And now, as the Queen's health is becoming much more precarious and Prince Charles assuming more responsibilities, there have been some discussions about what his renal name will be. But what is a renal name? What is the process like? What is everything about that? We're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, let's just talk generally royal names. The naming process within the royal family is, in some cases, kind of weird. They have their own set of traditions. They have their own set of processes in place to determine what names are used, who gets named what, and more often than not, Royal names pay homage and honor to previous royals, um, and they're typically multiple names. Here in America, it's quite common to have your first name, a middle name, and your surname, and that's it. Well, within the royal family, more often than not, they don't really have a surname, especially with the House of Windsor. You can go back into the podcast archives and listen to how that whole thing works. But if you're an HRH, prince or princess, if you're queen or king... There's a whole process in place to determine names, pay homage, and there's a series of names. We've seen some that are as short as just two names with Princess Margaret. Her names were Margaret Rose. With King Edward VII, his name was just Albert Edward. And then there's some, like, Queen Mary had, I want to say, like, nine, like, seven or eight, maybe nine names. And it's, they can get huge because they have so many names at their disposal, what names they choose to go by both within the family and if they are sovereign as their reignal name is sort of up to them. 
well, here's a few examples. Queen Victoria's first name was not Victoria. Her first name was actually Alexandrina. King George VI's first name was actually Albert. George was his fourth name. King Edward VII, Edward was his second name. His first name was actually Albert. His name was Albert Edward. And another thing to point out, Prince Harry, his name actually isn't Harry. His name is Henry, but he's known within the family as Harry. Names within the royal family are very particular, and especially if you are in that direct line of heir apparent, heir presumptive, there's a lot of sort of thought processes in place, whether they're written down or not. There's still thought processes in place about names, how they go about being chosen, and we're going to try to make sense of it all today. First off, just something to acknowledge, there's a lot of common names, especially for reinal names within the royal family. We have a lot of Williams, we have a lot of Edwards, the Edward VIII, we have a bunch of Georges, George, we have George VI, we have Henrys, we have lots of Richards, we have a few Charles, we have Elizabeths, we have Marys, we have Charlottes. There's a lot of names that keep coming up within the royal family, so there's, it's quite common to recycle names. Even if the names sound a little older, it's still quite common for them to recycle names. But what is a reinal name? Well, a reinal name is upon becoming sovereign, whether you're a king or queen, but you are becoming sovereign, you are now sovereign, it is the name you decide to reign under. It is, that is what is known as a reinal name. Just very basic definition. It is the name you choose to reign under. More often than not, there is some type of number, Roman numeral, that goes at the very end of the name to make it unique to you. That's why Queen Elizabeth is called Queen Elizabeth II. Try to make it a little bit unique to her. In some cases, the reinal name doesn't really have to have anything to do with your own personal name or the series of names that you have. And a prime example of this is the Pope of the Catholic Church. Whatever name they choose to reign under as Pope, in some cases, is very different from their actual name. But because of tradition, they decide to have a different reinal name. Within the British royal family, those that have been sovereign, typically monarchs have just used their first baptismal name. And that's been that. It's That's been the protocol for centuries, where it's always been your first baptismal name. And whether you like it or not, that's what it is. And there wasn't really much of a protocol. That's just what the rule was, whatever your first baptismal name was. And whether that was written down or not is something completely different. But that's what what the tradition was. Whatever your first baptismal name, that is what your reinal name is. So now we understand what a reinal name is. But why is there some sort of discussion about the reinal name? Well, renal names have changed in terms of what the person's first baptismal name is versus what their renal name is. And it all began with Queen Victoria. Up until Queen Victoria, whatever your first baptismal name was, guess what? That's what your renal name was. But Queen Victoria changed that. Her second name was Victoria. Her first name was Alexandrina. And there's a few conjecture ideas as to why she did that. So in long story short very, very long story short, it could be seen as a way of her revolting against her mother and the childhood that she had. If you know anything about Queen Victoria, you know that she grew up in what was known at the time the Kensington system. She lived at Kensington Palace, and when the writing was on the wall that she was going to be queen one day, her mother and her mother's 
friend, advisor, Sir John Conroy, they developed a system in place to educate her, to give her what they thought the education she needed to be queen. They took her on tours. It was a very secluded life. She didn't really have many friends outside of friends that her mother deemed appropriate. It was a very controlling system. It just wasn't the best. And Victoria, in reflecting back, was known to have not really liked it. It was a very controlling possibly abusive it just wasn't a positive experience and in this kensington system sir john conroy was trying to weasel his way in to try to control her to try to control you know the future queen to try to make decisions and above all (laughs) queen victoria did not like sir john conroy there was some form of you know angst and resentment from her mother and it could possibly be that she went by victoria to sort of go go against that i'm not using my first name i'm gonna use my second name Additionally, other factors to think to think about within the family, she was either known by the nickname Darina or she actually went by her second name Victoria. Within the family, that's she was known more as Victoria rather than Alexandrina. So again, that factor also makes sense. And I've read a few times in the books I have on Queen Victoria that she didn't like the name Queen Alexandrina. She didn't like it. It didn't have that, you know, gumption and punch behind it of what a queen's name should sound like. But Queen Victoria did. And so there's a myriad of factors here that need to be considered into why Queen Victoria chose to have a different reinal name. What is the real truth? Who knows? But there's these factors we have to take into play, especially with the Queen Alexandrina not sounding right. I've can't remember where I read that, but fact check me on that because I be- that's one factor that sticks out into my head is that she didn't like the name Queen Alexandrina. It didn't have that punch. But more often than not, what I've read is that Queen Victoria's decision for Victoria to be her royal name was in some ways an act of defiance against uh, a system that wouldn't give her a choice. She finally had a choice. And so she is going to make a decision that she wants to make. She liked the name Victoria, and so she chose it. The next example of a sovereign choosing a different reinal name than their first name is King Edward VII. So the successor to Queen Victoria, the eldest son, Albert Edward, decided to go by Edward instead of Albert. Again, if you know history, you know that in while Prince Albert was alive, in so many ways he was acting as sort of pseudo-sovereign, At the time, he was very much at least the king of the family. He was very much running the family. He was side by side with Victoria during a lot of her reign while while he was alive. When Edward VII became king in 1901, he again took the reinal name of Edward instead of Albert. Some people think this is him going against the wishes of his mother, but when you dig deeper into history, you'll understand that they did not have the best of relationships. Edward VII was a party boy. He was known to have multiple affairs. Yes, he married and had children and fulfilled his duties as Prince of Wales and as uh, sovereign to secure the bloodline. But he didn't have the most positive of relationships with his mother. They thought he was he wasn't taking his job seriously. And the final nail in that coffin was Queen Victoria felt that he was in some way responsible for Prince Albert's very premature death. Prince Albert and Prince <laughs> and Edward the Seventh. It's weird to say Prince Albert and Prince Albert, but Prince Albert and Edward the Seventh went out for a walk because Prince Albert was reprimanding him for his party boy in lackadaisical ways, and he needed to get serious. And a big storm rolled in, 
and Prince Albert got sick and died. And because Prince Albert was with Edward VII, that was the further nail in the coffin of their relationship. They did not have the best relationship, Queen Victoria and Edward VII. While on paper, it is said that the new king chose the name Edward as a way to honor those of the six predecessors of his name, to honor the past, but he didn't want to diminish his the status of his father, whom the name Albert is associated with. Whenever you think royal and Albert, you think of Prince Albert. He didn't want to diminish that. He didn't want to make it seem like he was diminishing the memory of his father, but he wanted to pay honor to the Edwards that came before him. When in reality, there's some shady stuff going on that apparently, as the story goes, because Queen Victoria blamed Edward VII for the death of her beloved Prince Albert, she informally put a ban on anybody being named Albert um, as a first name. If you're going to be sovereign, nope, there will be no King Albert. Any future king cannot be named Albert as a first name. Nope, 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 nope. That will not happen. And so that's another possible reason as to why Albert Edward, Edward VII, chose to go by Edward instead of King Albert. The last sovereign to change their first name from their royal name is King George VI. So King George VI assumed the throne because of the abdication crisis, where Edward VIII abdicated from the throne to marry Wallace Simpson, but there's a lot of other factors at play there, especially with possible, maybe concrete Nazi sympathizing and leaking things to Hitler. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm not educated on enough to make a concrete claim, but the abdication happened and it really rocked the monarchy. The monarchy was incredibly unstable and Prince Albert, Duke of York, had to make a choice. You know, his first name's Albert, his fourth name was George, and his father's reigned name was George. And the advice that was given to him when he ultimately made that decision was choose the reigned name of George. It will be a nice way of continuity. It'll pay homage to your father. It will be a wonderful gesture. The, the, your father's death is still very much apparent in public opinion. And with this uprest, naming yourself George, King George VI, is a great way to try to ease tensions. You know, we're we're feeling the bubbles of World War II beginning to boil. It's 1936. Yes, it's a few years before World War II will begin, but we're already starting to feel a little bit of the stress and the underpinning. Naming yourself George will be a way to sort of ease tensions within the country at the unrest of the abdication. So he did it. Those are the three instances where a sovereign has picked their reinal name, where it wasn't their first baptismal name. It was a name that they picked to be, to name under their reign. Now, when Queen Elizabeth assumed the throne in 1952, she was asked a similar question. What will your reinal name be? Because at this point, there was now the option. Are you going to go with your first name or are you going to pick a different one? There's been multiple sources that have quoted this where when asked what her reinal name will be, the queen said, my own, of course. And that was that. She was Queen Elizabeth II. We've seen this play out in season one of The Crown, where they're, um, I believe, in Africa. And she gets the news. They ask what her rental name is. She picks Elizabeth. And that's that. However, there is a lot of speculation right now as to what Prince Charles will do. So based off the precedent for hundreds of years, will it actually be his first baptismal name? 
When we think historically, King Charles I and King Charles II were not very well-liked kings. King Charles II, if my memory's correct, was the one that pushed the country into the big uh, English Civil War with the removal of the monarchy and all the fighting that happened there with him eventually being beheaded and King Charles I just not being well-liked. He had apparently a lot of Catholic friends and he was apparently too kind or to too kind to the Catholics or something with Catholics and Protestants and Anglicanism tension there with Charles I that again he just wasn't very well liked so historically kings that have been named Charles their reigns have not ended well they haven't been well liked or well respected and in some cases they don't want history repeating themselves so there's actually a lot of speculation with Prince Charles if he'll actually be King Charles III or will he name himself after his grandfather George and go by King George VII. We don't know for sure. That decision is ultimately up to him, but he has the option. Will he stay with his first name or will he decide to go by King George instead? We will never know until that moment happens. But that's been topic of some discussion in the past few years, and especially now with the Queen's health being precarious and we're not going to see her again until February, what is this going to look like? What is he going to go by Charles? Is he going to go by George? We will never know. That's all up to him. But that is sort of a brief history about Raynal names and the selection process, what they are, and brief, very brief history into those that have actually changed their reinal name and the circumstances around that. Now with the other name, so just naming a royal baby. This is my conjecture here. This is my thought process and my understanding here. If you are going to be an HRH and a prince or princess, again, there's not a set rule book, but there's a lot of tradition and a lot of expectation that you will name your child in some form of homage to a former living royal. An example is how Princess Diana, there's Diana appears in both Princess Charlotte and in Lilibet's name, Lilibet Diana, and I believe for Princess Charlotte, Diana is her fourth name, third or fourth name. But there we go, we have an instance where we have a former royal being paid homage to. There's been a few Beatrices in the family. There's been a few Louises. There's, of course, been a bunch of Williams, Henrys, Georges, Charleses, Andrews, Edwards. There's been a few Annes. And if you're going to be titled, you know, there's sort of this PR image that we have to think about where what is the, those that are titled, these working royals, this, you know, the firm quote unquote group, they try to think about it, which is again why uh, the Duchess of Cambridge is now, especially with PR, and if you hear them talk about her in the royal family, they call her Catherine. They do not call her Kate. They call her Catherine. And ever since she joined the royal family, there's been a switch to calling her Catherine and not Kate. There has been a few Queen Catherines. That is, again, their way of associating her with the monarchy. Okay, we're going to call you Catherine. You're going to go by Catherine as a way, again, to prepare for your future role. There's a lot of forward thinking when choosing royal names within the royal family is you have to sort of think forward, think big, think big picture here. And is this child going to be titled? Okay, you know, we should probably pay honor to former royals because notice those that don't have a title tend to have a little bit more creative of names where we have Princess Anne's children, um, Mark and Zara. We have 
Oh, the lesser sort of fringe royals of the children of the Duke of the Duke of Gloucester and the Duke of Kent. And, you know, even with Archie and Lilibet, they're more than likely not going to be HRHs entitled. But you never know, but they don't have that title, so they have a little bit more freedom in terms of their names. Again, this is just my conjecture idea, especially with the current PR, what's going on with royalty in the press, a lot of those sentiments still being felt. We have to think PR, large picture here. You know, Prince Louis, Louis is a, is a royal name. Granted, it's French, but it's still a royal name. Alexandra is usually in reference to, you know, the Tsar Alexanders of Russia. There's that association there. There's a lot of options, but... I'm sort of spinning around here, but that's sort of my brief discussion into royal names, that there's always some form of PR that they are thinking about that they're taking into consideration when naming their children, especially if they're an HRH and a prince or princess, especially if they're going to be the heir apparent, heir presumptive, and they're going to be sovereign one day. They're really careful about how they name and homages that they pay to certain royals. There's a whole thought process around it. And there you have it. We've discussed reignal names. The name that the sovereign picks for their reign that they are associated with, their reignal name, what their reign is going to be called and named. And they have pretty much a lot of freedom to choose whatever they want. But tradition has dictated that it's been their first baptismal name, but we have three instances where that has changed. And it isn't this first baptismal name anymore. It's sort of whatever you want. And now you have this option to be named whatever you want. Royal names, especially when a royal baby comes around, it's always a point of excitement to see what the baby will be named. What is this name going to be? Who is going to be honored? What's going on here? And of course, I put my own little conjecture in there because I have my own thoughts. But there you have it. And thank you, Carrie, for this wonderful recommendation. It was fun to explore to try to make sense of renal names. But there we have it. A little housekeeping at the end of the episode. Next week, as I enter into finals week and oral exams and proposals and tests... We're going to take a little bit of a break. Next week, there isn't going to be an episode. But right before Christmas, we are going to go live for the very first time. If you haven't seen on Twitter, I believe I've also made a post in the Facebook group. But we have an account on Bullhorn, the Bullhorn app. And we are going to be going live the week before Christmas to do our year in review wrap up. There is some news that we haven't covered, especially with the Christmas Carol concert happening right now. The Queen's Health. There's been more stories with Prince Harry and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Royals are back to work. There's some news source stories that we haven't really talked about because of what's some larger pressing issues and, of course, listener recommendations. But we're going to be going live and we're going to do our year wrap up in review. I'd like to have, I'd like to see all of you there so we can have a nice discussion. We can, you can actually ask me questions live in real time. I can interact with you. So if you don't follow the podcast on Bullhorn, FM. Please go over there, turn on your notifications, be sure to be mindful of Twitter when a date is actually set, but we are going to be going live at the end of the year to do a year wrap up, to rein in the new year, and to get ready for the new content coming in 2022. We have video content, 
We have so many other ideas that I'm excited to get into, so head on over there, get excited. But that's sort of the last housekeeping. There's not going to be an upload next week because it is finals week and I am a graduate student and... (laughs) Oh, this semester has tried to kill me. But there you have it. It's been fun to discuss Raynal names. And Carrie, I hope this makes a lot more sense to you. It was curious for me and I hope you enjoy it. My sources for today's podcast are Wikipedia, royalcentral.co.uk, grunge.com, and Good Housekeeping. If you made it this far, thank you for stopping by the podcast today. I really appreciate it. If you would like to recommend topics for future episodes or let me know how I'm doing and, you know, advice to improve the podcast, you can drop me a line over at britishroyalfanpod at gmail.com. I check that regularly. Additionally, if you want to stay up to date on the podcast, we have our official Twitter page at fanatic underscore royal or just search British Royal Fanatic Podcast. And there is an official Facebook page, the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I try to post and update everybody as best I can on both sites and interact with all of you there, especially if you recommend topics. I'll see them on either page. If you feel so inclined to donate to the show, you can do so with a one-time PayPal donation or a monthly donation set up through the Anchor app and on the Anchor homepage. Any and all donations are welcome, and I'm greatly appreciative, especially as hectic as this year has been. I would greatly appreciate it, and you get perks such as shoutouts and topic recommendations just like today. Head on over to wherever you're listening to rate, review, subscribe, and share. The more you do that and the better reviews the show gets, the bigger the family can get. And who doesn't want to expand the podcast family? Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Stay safe and stay healthy. And I'll see you in the next one.